This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the forks of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters and this is the show that's talking about a movie that's of the worst of times and it was the worst of times and there's a cat and there's another fucking cat and they get all confused about being cats and shit and brecken myers there and jennifer love hewitt's got a job for reasons unknown i i don't know i don't know what's happening with the world anymore you sound upset i am raging right now <laughs> This is one of those movies where you recognize that life is a precious thing and you only have so many hours on our good planet Earth or our dying planet Earth, however you want to look at it. And an hour and 22 minutes of my precious life hours have just crawled up an asshole and died. (laughs) There's a, a limited, a finite amount of time that I'm on this Earth and I just spent way too much of it watching A Tale of Two Kitties. That's... Right, but it is appropriate that we watched a flaming pile of lasagna because our good buddy, the Ginger Skull Dave Novak, is here to talk about it with us also, and he's known for being here for uh, shit movies, but also really good ones, but mostly shit ones. Also, any kind of cat-related movies. Yeah, he's a weird, he's our weird cat amateur expert, whereas Kyle from Experience Grind has kind of cornered the market as our amateur trauma enthusiast. We have, strangely, the Ginger Skull as our amateur cat enthusiast. Ahoy, uh, ahoy, yeah. Uh, cat enthusiast and Jennifer Love Hewitt enthusiast as well. So really covering every base with this movie. I said she shouldn't have a job or she had a job for reasons. I don't remember what I said. It was a while ago. The Buffalo's been tracing now for a good half hour. Mm-hmm. I like her in this movie. Really? Yeah. I like her. <laughs> what, what do you like about her in this movie? Is what I would like to know. First off, is this a movie? Secondly... <laughs> secondly, why, why do you guys do this to me? You have been on for 100% of our Jennifer Love Hewitt movies, though. So 100% of your Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> movies and 100% of your cat movies. So, uh, listen, I, I felt a lot of things, a lot of feelings watching this movie. A lot of felines watching this movie. So many oh, felines. God damn it. A lot of felines watching this movie. It really gave me a lot of pause. Get it? His cat's at pause. <laughs> He's back Fuck at it, it again. We'll, we'll get this all out of the fucking way right now. The exact same puns as last time. Get it oh, all out of God. the way. Well, cool. you might as well do the exact same jokes as last time. Oh, the last yeah. Garfield movie. <laughs> I just, I, after this movie was done, I felt confused. I felt a little angry. And also, I kind of thought this was better than the first one. I'll throw that out there right now. Better than the first one. I agree. Right? <laughs> Mostly because there's that thing called a plot and a story in this one there is that and anytime you add tim curry you're gonna make it a little bit better we also should say if you haven't picked it up by now we are talking about 2006's garfield a tale of two kitties directed by uh, tim hill i I don't even know if he deserves a famous director or a fucking or what i I have somewhere in the middle of the two because you know he's done things like muppets from space and alvin and the chipmunks and spongebob sponge on the run and 21 episodes of Kablam. And, and he's having a, like a really big renaissance right now, too. Everybody's singing his song, Running Up Tim Hill, you know? That's, that's true. Tim Hill. That's true. 
<laughs> have you guys heard of that band called Metallica? Metallica? Uh, mm. I heard of it. I saw they had that one song on the Stranger Things. The so. Puppet Master. Yeah. That one. one. The Metallica. Good for them. I didn't realize how few people knew of Metallica until like Stranger Things. People were like, holy shit, this song fucks. Well, I'm like, yeah. you're an old yeah. man. And it has for like 30 years. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I, my favorite Metallica song is still The Trooper. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Great Metallica like, song. Seven people next week that write you guys an angry email over that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Right away, nerds. Right away. Uh, I'm going to ask the silliest question. I'll answer for you, boys. Brian, you ever seen this? Nope. Cool. Dave, you ever seen this? Nope. Cool. I've never seen it. There. We covered all the bases. Uh, how about we get into it? If you have like more than a thousand words, I'll be shocked in your synopsis. <laughs> I'll be Barely. shocked. Barely more than a thousand. Before we watched this movie, I texted Brian and Dave and I said, I'm not going to write any notes for this movie. I ended up writing three fucking pages of notes for this movie. <laughs> That's longer and than the script. They're all questions. Everything is a question. <laughs> That's the right move. But I also feel like the way that this movie went when it was scripted was Garfield does thing. Bill Murray says thing. It's kind of like a scrub script of Neil, Ga- uh, Neil I almost said Neil Gaiman. That's. <laughs> I don't know why I'm bringing him up. Neil Flynn says funny thing or whatever for Yanni yeah. Tour. Just just let uh, Bill Murray say whatever he wants, and then we'll have Tim Curry say something very similar in another scene. Right, and then we'll give them both paychecks and be grateful. that Repeat for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> Dave, I'm curious about your questions, but not curious enough to not step on you. Brian, carry on! <laughs> we open on Prince, played by Tim Curry who has only ever known a life of luxury, regularly being delivered breakfast in bed by his butler, Smithy, played by Ian Abercrombie. He's terrific. Who is fantastic. Ian fucking Abercrombie, thank you. I was hesitant to give anybody in this movie a fucking, but sure. And also, Prince is a cat. That was the next line of the synopsis. Good job. Also, Prince is a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, also, Prince is a cat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's good to be king. Somehow Mel Brooks didn't die in 2006 after hearing that. His <laughs> famous line from his trailer part one was thrown into this thing. Unless he's just never seen this movie, and in which case we should keep him from seeing this movie so he doesn't die. Yeah. I mean, it's 96 now. High likelihood that he didn't see this. This movie is kind of a brilliant allegory for the British monarchy, isn't it? Like a stupid, useless cat that gets treated better than homeless people. Like, this, <laughs> this is England governmental <laughs> structure, isn't it? I didn't see this going there. I mean, it made perfect sense. After you see the castle for the first time, you're just like, wow, this somehow setting this up to be a more depressing Downton Abbey, and I don't know how that was possible. <laughs> yeah. Do we know where this castle is and where it was filmed? Because none of these actors know where it is. It's 40 miles from whatever sign they look at at the, at the general time in the movie. Yeah. This was all green screen, right? A lot of it was. I have to imagine. Like, you look outside, and you're just like, oh, this is Attack of the Clones, isn't it? Whenever they would stand in front of the castle, like with the like the sky in the background, it looked like the David Bowie album Earthling. Like it's just so unnatural. <laughs> it's such a specific reference. Thank you. I uh, thought of it myself. Meanwhile, across the pond, Garfield, played by Bill Murray, rules voiced, over his voiced by Bill Murray. Yes. Played, played by played by is a weird will for situation. And, and, and also, I want that. They, they specifically put it as the voice of Garfield. Like, thank you, movie. I know I took an edible before this, but I, I really needed that clarification. Thanks. Uh, oh, good. It wasn't actually him. 
Garfield rules over his own domain, the cul-de-sac. Garfield's owner, John Arbuckle, played by Brecken fucking Meyer. No, I'm just kidding. Just Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just want to apologize to the listener who just crashed their car. <laughs> Brian will send you his insurance information. I'm sure that you have some legal claim against him right now. Yeah, for sure. Just play that back to whoever you have for your insurance and be like, yeah, this is not your fault at all. Jake from State Farm comes, goes, you can't listen to them anymore. No more. <laughs> did, did he say Brecken fucking Meyer? No. No, you're not at fault at all. John intends to propose to his longtime girlfriend, long time since the last movie, Dr. Liz Wilson, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. She looks good. I'll get it out of the way. She looks good. She always looks does. Fantastic, but she is not a character in this movie. No, she is <laughs> no. more of a cartoon than anything. Yes. She is less animated than Garfield the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for John, Liz just got an invitation to speak at a fundraiser for the Royal Animal Conservancy because Jane Goodall had to cancel. So naturally you go to Dr. Liz Wilson. A random ass veterinarian in California. She's leaving for England first thing in the morning and she can't stay for John's romantic evening that he had planned. It's a bummer for John. But John gets the brilliant idea he has to follow Liz to the UK and propose there. She's going for a speaking engagement. She's going to be there for like a day or two. And he's like, gotta go to England and propose. <laughs> I don't trust any of those cockney bastards over there. to They're going to steal my girl that I just met. Maybe not deep into the past. I don't know. I, I had to pause the movie like 10 minutes into it because I got confused that pause. quickly. I'm like, I pressed, I pressed the pause button and rewound it because I was like, I must have missed a plot point here because... Clearly, she's moving there for the rest of her life and not just going for a weekend. Like you could... <laughs> Garfield the Cat was like, this is a terrible idea. And I was like, yes, I agree with Garfield the Cat. He raises a salient point here. Just wait until she comes back. It's not going to be that long, John. You needy bitch. He is so needy. It's ridiculous. Very needy. So John brings Garfield and Odie to the kennel, but they break out and hide in his luggage because, you know, we need a movie to happen. We do. And also... I don't know what airport they flew out of, but I just instantly thought of the Key and Peel sketch where they're talking about killing all the Terries <laughs> on the plane. Of course. Drax, Clax, Blat. <laughs> Whoever these Terries are could have flown out of this airport because they're not scanned if they didn't see a cat skeleton and a dog skeleton. <laughs> Two things. First, we, we forgot to mention that Odie, the role of Odie is played by Odie the dog. So he does a fantastic job again. Secondly... Uh, for people that are listening to this in the future, Garfield makes a joke about something called Miranda rights. So Americans used to have certain constitutional <laughs> rights. Um, oh. Then some shit happened in 2022. If there's any history books that are allowed in the future, <laughs> there might not be. But if there are, try to look it up or Google it, whatever. We're not a political podcast. We're not. We're not a political podcast. Good job. He gets it. He gets it. He's, been, like here he's been here before. Although I believe I did say in the last episode that I was on that Ronald Reagan was burning in hell. So that might have been <laughs> the point where I officially got drunk in the last episode. So sorry, That was everybody. the moment you can pinpoint. You can pinpoint. <laughs> I know the exact second. It wasn't when I called Taft a big fat piece of shit. It was when I said Ronald Reagan is burning in hell. You know whenever the ginger skull gets a little crunk under the skunk or whatever they say. That's 100% what they say. Mm -hmm. Because he starts just talking about old Ronnie Riggs. And how he's in hell. Crunk under the skunk. That's right. 
Now I'll hold it. Go on. You got a fart? No. <laughs> Out of my mouth. <laughs> That's just about everything That's, you ever said I mean, in your life. Welcome, welcome to the show, Dave. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Lock it. All right. We have a hijink something to follow with this cat and dog adventure. It's occurring to me in this moment that uh, we never talked about the Cinema Cats last week for Captain Marvel with Goose. No, we did not. We said it was the greatest cat of all time, and then we yeah. just left it at that. Yeah, we, we didn't even bring up the Cinema Cats. Over at Cinema Cats, they were like super excited that there was a cat actor playing a non-cat character. They were like, they were like this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, this week on Cinema Cats, less excitement. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, this is what they said about their kitty cameos. While there are many live-action animals in this film, there are sadly not many cats. Nermal and Arlene aren't even here. The only real cats in the film can be seen when Garfield and Odie are briefly detained at the kennels, where John intends to leave them while he heads overseas. That's it. Those are the only real cats. Final musing? We'll get there. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> I like whenever you drop a we'll get there on that, because that means you're about to drop a bomb. <laughs> Meanwhile, in England, Lady Eleanor Carlyle of Castle Carlyle has passed, like, suddenly. And at her will reading, all of her worldly possessions are left to her cat, Prince. This is the sin of the monarchy, guys. <laughs> this is it. This makes her nephew, Lord Manfred Dargis, played by Billy fucking Connolly. Yeah, that's right. I'm giving it to him. I threw up in my mouth. There. This is Billy fucking Connolly. He's a badass. Yeah, and he's in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's very upset about not getting all of the things. And you know what? He's right. He is completely right. He's in the Thousand right percent. here. Thousand percent. This is like one of those rare times where you're like rooting for the bad guy the whole movie because you're a sane human being. Yeah, you're like, hey, that cat has a castle and that's not okay. No, give it's it, not Give it okay. to Billy. <laughs> By the way, I refer to Billy Connolly as, quote, fake John Cleese in all of my notes. Because he's doing his best John Cleese. 100%. I thought it was John Cleese for, you know, another five minutes. I actually wrote in capital letters, is that John Cleese? No, it's not. Who is this fucking guy? About a half hour into this movie, my edible kicked in, and I forgot that it was <laughs> Billy Connolly and thought it was John Cleese for the longest time. It's Kirkland's signature John Cleese. <laughs> we have John Cleese at home. <laughs> Great value brand John Cleese. Gotta have a membership to see this, John Cleese. <laughs> Fucking why? <laughs> the solicitors, which is a word they use in this movie to describe the people who are reading the will several times. I don't know. British stuff. Solicitors. They inform Dargis that once Prince passes, the castle will go to him. So naturally, he starts scheming about how to kill this damn cat. Should not be hard to kill this cat. Shouldn't. He immediately traps Prince in a picnic basket, throws him in the river, and really, that should be it. That's job done. <laughs> should be you know, end of movie. It should be, but I don't understand how baskets float down rivers. And yeah, I'm looking at you folks with the Passover. I've sat there at a Savior table enough times <laughs> to know the Moses story. Where are you getting these floating baskets? You look at any Longaburger basket that's in your mom's bathroom holding on to some nice towels or whatever. And you're like, that's got holes in it. Not the towels you're allowed to use. No, you definitely can Don't never you touch those. Dare towels. use those decorative never, towels. Ever. <laughs> so wait, I'm confused. Is Prince the Twelfth and now the hero of the Jews? Is that what Dave is saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He floated down a river. That's follow along. Sorry. So Tim Curry as a virtual cat led the Jews to freedom. Mm-hmm. 
Let's edit this part out. I don't think we need to hear me say the word Jew twice in a podcast. <laughs> now, now three times. <laughs> now with that tone. <laughs> For what it's worth, in editing, I will soften up your J's. Oh, you can do that. Jew. That's be no like problem. you're dipping a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Podcast is funny, but who is Le Jew? <laughs> How fun is it that Bill Murray and Tim Curry's names are so similar? It's not. First of all, fun. Tim Curry, what are you doing, bud? Uh, first of all, <laughs> Tim Curry and his voice acting roles. This guy just shows up, lays down some lines, leaves, and he's brilliant every time. He probably has no idea he was in this movie. Exactly. He was like, oh, I was in between seasons of the Thornberries and decided <laughs> I was going to just pop over, do this Garfield movie. Do you want to hear something embarrassing? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. Yeah, of course I do. I did not know that this was Tim Curry until you sent over this character sheet. Well, fun I fact, he's not listed in the opening credits for okay, some reason. I thought I missed it. Because he probably Thank made you. a phone call and said, don't you dare. Please don't put my name in this. Take my name out of those opening credits immediately. I remember recording it, and then uh, in a haste of anticipation, <laughs> I've decided to take my name out of it. I've seen your final cut of this tale of two kitties, and I say, take my name off of it, please. Now, now, you see, I thought I was doing a Shakespearean role, and it turns out <laughs> I was voicing a cat. <laughs> I didn't read the script. It's a flawless British accent, by the way. Flawless. It was brilliant. It was absolutely perfect. Thank you. Producers, to quote Batman Returns, this was not the pussy I was looking for. <laughs> I was under the impression I was doing a Dickens movie. Oh, did I say Shakespeare? Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare is the guy who stole from the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Dickens ha- is like has stole from anyone. Did he? I think all authors steal a little bit from everybody. Well, that's great artistry. We all know that. Right? That's, yeah. that's just how it's done. Also, this movie, even though it's titled A Tale of Two Kitties, which is obviously a play on, on Dickens' Tale of Two Cities, the, the plot is Mark Twain's Prince and Pauper. Oh, of course it is. Everyone knows that, Brian. So, so what, what are we doing here with the title? I feel like you could have stopped me when I said that great artists steal and then recognize that there are no great artists involved in the making of this film. And they should have put that at the end because this is just <laughs> where they usually through and through. Where they usually have like the this is all fictional, any similarities to events, uh, true right. like, people living. It's also this is not artistry. We're just trying all to make animals some money were here. harmed in the making of this film. All of <laughs> yeah. them. Emotionally. That's right. We treated them all like a horse that broke its leg at Belmont. Every one of them. Just to show you how much better of a person Brian is than I am, he brings up the Shakespearean equivalent. I was thinking of trading places the entire time. I thought that Tim Curry was going to eventually pull out like blackface <laughs> and put on a wig, <laughs> which is something that happens in trading places. Let us not forget. I was just waiting for Jamie Lee Curtis to show up and do some Freaky Friday stuff. With another cat? Just switching places with the same looking cat. Yeah. That's confusing. Hey, you know what? Why don't we just bring in Lindsay Lohan and parent trap it? Well, wait, wait, wait. Lindsay Lohan was in Freaky Friday and Parent Trap, right? Oh, yeah. Lindsay Lohan should have been in this movie. She, uh, how is she not in this movie? She's not British enough. Not British at all. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And let's be honest, we already have two female characters, which is twice oh, the amount of last time. So, <laughs> hey, don't, there's no room for don't anybody forget else. that Sharon Osbourne is playing a goose. I forgot, and I apologize for that. There's a lot of really big voice actors in this. Yeah, it's kind of uh, blew my mind. Shame. Well, I mean, that explains the $60 million budget, because it certainly didn't go to the CGI or, you know, plot or anything. 
How is this $60 million? Where did that money go to? Bill Murray and Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. We'll get there. We will get there. John arrives at the hotel in London, and the busboy wingmans for him pretty hard, earning his tip. Great busboy. It's a weird yeah. scene. He's just like, hey, let me get you a flower for your lapel, and then I'm going to go drop off this letter to a, another person staying at the hotel for reasons. You want to get that? I help you get that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Like Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Eh? Oh, Gary Grant. I, I actually, I like that line. I like that line. It's the best line in the movie. It really was. <laughs> the class. It's, it's showing through. Liz immediately pops over to his hotel room and is not at all weirded out that he followed her across the globe for a weekend. Blew my mind. And at Blew that exact moment, Garfield and Odie break out of John's luggage. And his only reaction is, where's my clothes? Where's my clothes? he goes about life as normally. He's, He's like, all like, right. Oh, fuck it. I'm here. They're here. Hang out in my room, I guess. Watch some British telly. <laughs> Say what you want about John Arbuckle, but he knows how to roll with the punches. I sincerely hope that there's a Garfield 3, but it's like 10 years after Garfield's died and Odie's died and he hasn't gotten another pet, but now he has kids. <laughs> just because I'm <laughs> very curious to see how John Arbuckle raises kids. Just Breckenmeyer with kids and, and two taxidermy animals in the corner <laughs> wow i hope that movie doesn't get created because then you guys are gonna have to make me watch that one too and i'll yep. have to be back here talking about breck and myers garfield three tale of two shitties oh <laughs> nailed it the barnyard animals and house pets of castle carlisle learn of prince's disappearance and worry about lord dargis's intentions preston the parrot voiced by Richard fucking E. fucking Grant. Yup. <laughs> severely criminally underused in this movie because he's just a parrot. He tries to take command over the animals as the new king because he's next in line, apparently. But Prince's servant, which is a weird thing to say because he's a cat, Winston the Bulldog, voiced by Bob fucking Hoskins. I can't believe I'm saying fucking with all these people right now. It's, it's just insane, because of their, right? their other work. It's not because of this movie. It should be noted. Yes. Winston tells them all to hold out for Prince's return. Like, ah, guys, calm down. I'm going to send this little mouse guy into the castle to spy on Dargis, find out what's going on. If you get rid of all the talking animal scenes of when it's just them talking in a giant group, this movie's like 20 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. And can I throw out my controversial opinion right now? I would love yeah, to hear please. it. Give me this movie of animals and the inner politics of castle animals. This is the movie I want to see. I thought these were the best scenes. They were the funniest, I thought. It was like half the movie. It, I mean, like, I don't care. I know what Garfield's going to want in life. He's going to want to sleep and eat lasagna and then fall asleep again. I want to know the Game of Thrones-esque backstories of each of these animals. <laughs> Give me Preston the Parrot's rise to power. I, I got to say, they had some great lines. His like, shady backroom dealings. The mouse had, like, the good... I, I, you know, I've got good news and bad news. What was the good news? He was in a lovely picnic basket. Like, I laughed at that. When the duck said, we're sitting ducks, I laughed at that That was the well. funniest thing I, I... I hate to admit I laughed, too. The only part of the movie I actually <laughs> laughed out loud at was when the duck says, we're sitting ducks. This is... If it... Like, this movie just focused on these animals, a little bit better movie. Am I wrong? That silence says I'm right. <laughs> if, you, if you take Garfield out of the Garfield movie, better movie. And can I ask you guys a question? How come all the other animals are like real animals with just their mouths like, you know, whatever? And then Garfield and Prince are like 
computer animated. Wasn't that like a big complaint in the first Garfield movie also? Well, I'm bringing it up now, and it's even more exacerbated because we have these, you know, royal animals now. They're British animals. They're even classier than American animals. American animals are <laughs> dumps. These are British animals. Do you want to know what I would have loved, though, is you have the whole turf war going on with the whole cats, but even it's not a turf war. It's... It's not even a cold war. It's they love each other eventually. Spoilers. They don't even we'll know about there. each other before they love no, each other. No, but they will love each other. But what if you brought in an American parrot to compete with Preston the parrot as well? All right, I can see how this could have legs as like a series. And also, what if he sounded like the late great So you think you're a parrot? <laughs> you're stuck up on your high horse and your birch and you think you're a parrot. You think you're some sort of aristocrat, huh? Who is this Richard E. Grant coming up in here thinking he's a parrot? I miss Gilbert so much. We all miss Gilbert. When I see a parrot now, I think of him, which is fine because normally whenever I saw parrots, I'd be like, that's a stupid fucking bird. But I actually think of something. I, I think of him with, with parrots and geese. Mm, I think of breakfast cereal because a toucan is basically a parrot. Fuck off, birds. My kids started watching this show on PBS Kids called Cyber Chase and- it's got like three kids solving crimes or whatever they do on those bullshit shows. But the bad guy in the show is Christopher Lloyd as the <laughs> hacker. And oh, that's they're, terrifying. And like their bird sidekick is something called Digit. That's Gilbert Gottfried. It's insanity. That's amazing. What's the name of the show? Cyber Chase. Cyber Chase. All right. I'm going to have to look this <laughs> Adding up. Adding it to my queue now. What are you, some sort of bird, Marty? <laughs> Did you guys ever see Over the Garden Wall? Over the Hedge? No, Over the Garden Wall. No. No, but I did see Over the Hedge. All right. Well, <laughs> fuck Over the Hedge. Over the Garden Wall. The next opportunity you get, it's more of like a Halloween thing, but watch it anyway. Um, it's got Christopher Lloyd in it, Elijah Wood. Sold. Um, oh, it's amazing. And um, Christopher Lloyd plays the woodsman in it, and he does such a creepy job with his character. It's a better animated thing than what we're watching and talking about right now. So after this, watch it. It's like a good palate cleanser to everybody listening at home. Or stop now. Stop listening. <laughs> Quit and just go. While you're ahead. Just go. We got your download already. You're good. That's true. Yeah. You, you did Carry on with your life. Let's get this thing back on the rails with a caped IMDb trivia fact. How many you have? Three. Yeah, submitted more than that. That's fine. Uh-oh. This is good. This is my, my new found burner account that's right imdb burner baby and anyone who wants to email me at my new burner account it's a hole on front street at gmail.com your mileage may vary with responses uh, it's permanently logged in imdb i've not checked it since so if anyone emails me that's fair i i'm not going to tell you who emailed me on the show i'll just write you back at this point i might as well <laughs> you've gone that far <laughs> Bob Barker used to advocate to have your pet spayed and neutered at the end of his Price is Right episodes. Anesthesia can be harmful to your pet during this procedure, and vets started putting this film on for the animals to put them to sleep naturally. The only side effect is animals get permanently put to sleep if they finish the movie, but those are the animals that shouldn't be around anymore anyway. It's true. You're getting rid of the stupid ones. Oh, you liked Garfield, The Tale of Two Kitties? Dead. <laughs> Instantly. Bob Barker comes over and just goes, like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Bob. God. <laughs> Gotta control the animal, animal population. He'll do it if you don't. Have your pet spayed and neutered. Unless you want Bob Barker showing up to your, your house and killing your pet in its sleep. After it watches Garfield talk after to Yeah. <laughs> so Smithy, 
notices that Prince has gone missing, and he goes to ask Dargis if he's seen the cat. And Dargis is like, I don't give a shit about the cat. Uh, why don't you go to London and pick up my suits? Smithy loves it. He wants to. He's going to go to London. Smithy's like, cool, I'll go to London. Fuck this cat. Love, love London. <laughs> I hang out in London all day. Meanwhile, John and Liz go for a sightseeing walk around London, and Garfield and Odie are left in the hotel room, but they break out, go looking for John for reasons, and uh, they start causing all sorts of mayhem around London. As you do. Because, you know, got to have some goof-em-ups in here. Pass some time. Because <laughs> it's only an hour, 22-minute movie, and we got to fill all the minutes we can. <laughs> Smithy comes across Garfield and mistakes him for Prince, immediately picks him up, puts him in the car, and says, all right, we got to go back to Castle Carlisle. I like how Smithy just sort of, like, kidnaps this cat. Yeah, well, I mean, he looks identical to Prince, so I get it. You don't just grab cats 40 miles away and say, you are now the king. Well, I mean, how many CGI cats do you know? That's a very good point. And apologies to my three CGI cats I have upstairs, but it's not enough, apparently. If your CGI cat goes missing and you go out into London, you find a CGI cat, you're like, that's my fucking cat. So wait, Dave, I'm sorry, just to backtrack. Yes. Your your pet peeve, no pun intended on this, your pet peeve. (laughs) Sounded intended. About this is that a random, seemingly not important or not statistically significant being was picked up and made royalty by the British. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we got that. Oh, just no. wanted to make sure we got that down. So, like, you're upset because the cat was made royalty even though it, like, can't do anything good, right? Can't do anything hard It can't stop. do anything special. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure we, we got that. Do we have any British listeners, by the way? Yes. We won't. We <laughs> yes, won't after we this podcast. <laughs> we absolutely do. Uh, also, speaking to our British listeners, uh, please take us back. The American experiment has failed. Please take <laughs> us back. And we will bow to your bullshit queen or whatever she does. I don't know what she does. Will we? I don't know. Have we talked about this? I don't know. If, if we should probably get our ducks in a row your, on this. Yeah. Is that another animal pun? Is that what we're no. doing now? No, it's just a British thing. Ducks are, they walk in rows there. Only, only in Britain? Only in Britain. We have Canadian geese. They have duck rows. Duck rows. God damn it, I was going to do the same thing. (laughs) Prince emerges from the sewers and meets Odie. And at the exact same time, John pops up and takes both of them back to the hotel because this is Toilet London. I love how later John's just like, how am I ever going to find this cat? London's so fucking big. And he just finds like a sewer cat and he's like, all right, this is my cat. Yep, clearly. You're a CGI cat, so you must be mine. Uh, The old switcheroo is complete. Lord Dargis is already on the phone with the solicitors, arranging for Castle Carlisle to be turned over to him in Prince's absence, because, you know, this man is about action. He's like, yeah, it's been like an hour. Cat's gone. Give me the castle. It's not suspicious at all. The mouse is watching as he explains his plans to Abby Westminster, played by Lucy Davis, who's in this movie for a hot second, that he plans to turn the castle into a resort, eliminating the barnyard and the woodland areas to make room for buildings and parking, and then serve any remaining animals to the resort guests. So, to backtrack again, the villain's plan is to take this royal, privatized land and open it up to the public. Who are we supposed to be rooting for in this <laughs> movie? No the CGI cat who eats lasagna. Oh, God. I mean, don't get me wrong, America's a shit show, but come on, Britain, get your stuff together. <laughs> Uh, it's so this 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 estate is owned by a cat who again does nothing of importance to anybody. The only thing this cat does is maybe protect a duck 
and a goose and a mouse. <laughs> That's it. Maybe a bulldog. We don't know yet. Bulldogs don't. They don't have long lives. There's like a bull. There's a bull I'm, in this movie. I'm yeah, there's still no there's a bull. Movie. There's a bull. I'm confused how the cat outranks the bull. One of my notes is literally, why do the animals worship this cat? I, so there must be some sort of lore that I was just I did not get. I like, don't know. Honestly, if I'm a bull and a cat is telling me what to do, mutiny immediately. <laughs> Instantly. Uh. Immediate mutiny. So what does this cat eat? What does Prince eat? Some sort of loaf. But it's he a loaf of loaves. like various meats wrapped in some sort of casing, right? Which yeah. looked delicious, but yes. British kielbasa, pretty much. Sure. But you have to imagine that at some point that he's eaten like one of his friends from the the barn oh, down the street, right? Surely. You have to imagine. Man. Yeah, one of the barnyard animals. Maybe that's why he holds the power. Mm. Because if like any one of these animals down there like fucks around, they're going to find out awfully quickly when this orange if you ca- step CGI out cat of eats line, them. I will eat you. You are very much going into Jeremy Irons territory again. <laughs> Hook, line, sinker. So Garfield arrives at Castle Carlisle, and he meets Winston. And Garfield immediately loves all the special attention he's receiving. He gets taken on a tour and seeing all the other royal cats, and he's getting waited on, and he loves it. It's great. It's good to be king. Again. Again. Still. Again. The animals recognize that Garfield is not Prince. It's pretty obvious. But they know that as long as the humans are fooled, Lord Dargis won't inherit the estate. So they're like, all right, we keep him around, and we protect him at all cost. What was Garfield thinking here? He just got the, he got the hookup. He did get the hookup, but he's like talking to the Bob Hoskins dog totally normally in Bill Murray voice. And it's just like, Bob Hoskins just buys it. He's just like, yeah, you're the most British. Wimbledon. Ha! <laughs> Carry on being British, other cat. I was, I was actually confused. I didn't know. I knew, all right, so I know the animals knew that Garfield wasn't Prince. And obviously Garfield knows he's not Prince, but you have to expect. I think Garfield. He no, realizes, right, I don't think he does. Gar- Garfield is well convinced no? that he's no actually royal really? because of the tour that Winston gives him. No, 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 no. That can't be because. Wait a second. Because he also tells Winston that his owner is marrying someone, and he needs to like break up that marriage. So isn't that kind of a admission that Garfield? I think he thinks his animals knows are that stupid. The animals know he's not. He does. He thinks they're stupid, but he also believes that even though he's not Prince. He he's definitely part of this royal bloodline. So he's like, I'm a CJ cat. I belong here. I can't believe we're putting this much thought into it. Their oh, writer's room didn't even too. bother with this much conversation. <laughs> so Lord Dargis sees that Prince, quote unquote, has returned and knows he has to get rid of the cat. But now all the other animals are protecting him. So, you know, more shenanigans. Garfield teaches his new animal friends how to make lasagna. Which just makes Garfield a real shitbag. And I know that doesn't need to be said. We've all seen the cartoon strip. But <laughs> he's always asking John to make him lasagna. He gets upset whenever no one makes some lasagna when he has the full ability to make lasagna. Yeah, we find out that Garfield knows exactly how to make lasagna in song form. There's like four dance scenes in this movie <laughs> just to kill time. Every single one of them more egregious than the last. <laughs> And each one goes on longer and longer and longer. It's almost like they loop the song again. Like, once the song is done, like, it starts again. Like, how long is this Black Eyed Peas song? Two minutes? Can we get it longer? Eight? Okay, we'll just repeat well, it four times. that's probably because the editors took the entire movie off. Because there are so many smash cuts in this movie. Oh, man. And Christoph mm. Beck 
who did the music for this. Christoph fucking yep. Beck normally. Chris, Christoph Beck. The the one though that one, yeah. You hear like a black eyed peas song and it just cuts out in the middle of Will <laughs> I Am saying whatever he wants into some string bullshit from like Tommy Boy or whatever. Like it makes no sense. Yeah. And it's frustrating. I'm like, let's get what? They were about to tell me. Let's get what? I need to know. And by the way, let, let's not look over the most significant aspect of the scene is that Garfield introduces Italian food to the English. Like <laughs> Italian food did not exist in England until Garfield the cat True. was there. Because lasagna is a way of life, a state of being. That's a quote from the movie. All the other animals love the lasagna too. So, you know, it pays Although everyone's Garfield. obsessed with lasagna. It's insanity. In fact, at the same time, Prince is out to dinner with John and Odie, who, you know, you just bring to a pub. And Liz and John's like, here's some lasagna, Garfield. And Prince is like, oh, what the devil is this? And then he eats it and he's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Everybody loves fucking lasagna. Can we have a come to Jesus moment here? We can. We can. After this cape dying to be trivia fact. Another? Oh, fuck. oh, yeah. Citizen Kane walked so Garfield, the tale of two kitties, could eat lasagna. It's completely true, though. And Orson Welles might have just turned over in his fat grave. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that he shares right next to Taft, I bet, right? Him and Taft are holding each other's sausage fingers There's out of their back. coffins or whatever. Do you guys like lasagna? I love lasagna. I love lasagna. So fucking much. It's great. Okay. It's fantastic. What kind of question is Wait that? Wait a minute. Do you not? I don't see the appeal of lasagna. I don't see the appeal of Dave Novak. I don't A lot either. of people don't, Brian. Let, let's focus on the <laughs> issue. If I want to give myself a stomachache with heavy food, lasagna, I guess, is the way to do it. But like, So you're admitting it's delicious enough you don't know how to stop. All I'm saying is this. Somebody puts a plate of ravioli in front of me. Somebody puts a plate of lasagna in front of me. I'm going raviolis. Fuck a ravioli. So do you need you your bullshit like fully sealed? Is that the problem? You don't like the open siding of a lasagna? I like my Italian food to be like me questionably wrapped with a disgusting <laughs> cheese inside it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that sounds awful. I weirdly do know exactly what that means. <laughs> it's, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything good, Brian. I'll tell you that. It doesn't well, mean anything good. So Dargis, Lord Dargis, he tries to get a Rottweiler named Rommel, voiced by Vinnie fucking Jones. Yeah, why not? He wants the Rottweiler to kill Garfield. So he's like, hey, you smell this pillow? That's Prince. Go get Prince. But after a brief tug of war with a pair of trousers, Rommel decides to attack Lord Dargis instead because, you know, trousers are better than Garfield. This is at the point we realize that Americans made this movie and thought the word trousers was funny. Trousers. <laughs> it is funny, though, isn't it? <laughs> trousers. Uh, trousers? Trousers? Just <laughs> yeah. funny fucking Jones losing his mind over a pair of trousers. It's wonderful. But also, I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> yep. And this is when the beginning of all the penis torture in his movie begins, because it steps up its penis torture game a lot after a this, lot. I noticed. A lot. This is why they couldn't actually get John Cleese. Right. He's uh, famously against penis torture. He's more of a butt guy. <laughs> you know what? You know who'd be great for this role, though? Billy Connolly. He loves that shit. He's totally about that. Liz has to go to Castle Carlisle for her conservancy function, leaving John with Odie and Prince. Odie gives Prince a brochure showing him how to get back to Castle Carlisle because Odie's going to be the hero of the movie now. John watches Prince leave the hotel and he's like, all right, we got to go looking for Garfield. So then Odie he brings a newspaper. Jumps out John. the fucking window. Yeah, he's just like, bye. John's like, Garfield. All right, guess we got to go find my cat. <laughs> London's so big, I don't know how we'll do it. From 
10 stories up or whatever. Garfield is the only cat who literally never lands on his feet. Never, ever. So while they're out looking for Garfield, Odie gives John a newspaper because, once again, Odie's got to be the guy. Odie does more in this movie than Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> Odie does more in these two scenes than Jennifer Love Hewitt in the movie. Yes. Odie he- does more in this movie than anything in this movie. <laughs> Odie hands somebody a newspaper. And that is more acting than Jennifer Love Hewitt gets to do in this movie. <laughs> was it a newspaper? Is that what it was? I thought it was a jump to conclusions, Matt, from Office oh, Space. Wow. I got no other joke for that. Good. <laughs> oh, we got silence. This is terrific. For the people listening at home, you should hear how they treat me. This is what they do. They're mean to me. They make me watch shitty movies. And then they make fun of me. We tried to put Dave into the kennel. He broke out, came with us to London, and then we tried to ratatouille him by throwing him in the, the river or whatever. <laughs> Making him cook for us. It's ratatouille. Ratatouille. That's how we actually all met. <laughs> so Odie gives John this newspaper, and John learns about Prince, and then he looks exactly like Garfield. He's like, oh, you know what? There's probably a mix-up. I'm going to go over to the castle. <laughs> That's 40 fucking miles away. <laughs> You know what probably happened? Somebody probably saw Garfield was like, that's got to be Prince. Yeah, my fat fucking feline is probably royalty now. (laughs) You're right. It is a jump to conclusion, Matt. Not a newspaper. My bad. Garfield discovers that the castle animals think he's a buffoon, and he starts sulking around the castle, missing John. Right. He finally learns that the other animals are just like, fuck this cat. (laughs) This guy's an asshole. Yeah, but we got to keep him around until Monday, because that's when the guys are going to show up and, you know, give the castle to... Lord Manfred Dargis. But doesn't Garfield also cancel Mondays? He does. He's like, you know what? My this de- infinite my- power? I hate Mondays, so my next decree is to cancel all Mondays. Like, all right, well, we have to keep him safe until Tuesday. Are they going to double twos? Is that how they're going to handle their weeks now or double sun? Or you just make your days, your, your weeks six days. That's going to get screwy, though. Oh, it's going to get very screwy, but that's what happens when you let a CGI cat make the rules. Fair enough. Lord Dargis. Starts hitting on Liz because she's at the castle for the thing. And Garfield's like, whoa, 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 buddy. I just had my moment of of growth in this movie. And I learned that I like John and Liz. So now I have to get in the way of you hitting on Liz because that's my my guy's girl. You can't do that. Not in my castle. I like how his moment of growth is. Everyone else thinks I'm stupid here. So let me go back to the people who don't think I'm stupid. (laughs) Let me go back to the stupider people who don't realize that I'm also stupid. Is it growth or is it just plotted neutrality? <laughs> We're applauding Garfield for being uppity about potential sexual assault. Congratulations, Garfield. That's a real good, good job. source of character <laughs> development. I don't want to watch this woman get murdered. Great, Garfield. Good job. <laughs> oh, it's growth. So Garfield starts taunting Lord Dargis, and Dargis catches him and throws him in the castle dungeon because, you know, that's what you do. Of course. The barnyard animals and house pets break Garfield out of the dungeon while Prince and Odie and John are heading separately to the castle. The solicitors arrive because it's Monday or Tuesday or whatever. They're like, hey, let's complete this paperwork and get this castle transferred over to Lord Dargis's name. And that's when, in the garden, Garfield and Prince finally meet each other doing the old Marx Brothers mirror gag. I love the mirror gag in Duck Soup. So much. Go back, listen on Patreon. It's there. Our Duck Soup episode. Yeah. Watching these two cats do it, it made me, who is the, the Indian who said, I will fight no more forever? 
because this made me want to be me and say i will watch no more forever like i will retire from watching films for forever <laughs> no you're because they've done. gone too far how dare you besmirch the marx brothers with your cgi cats it's embarrassing oh you see i never saw duck soup so i thought this was the best mirror gag i've ever seen god this was really well done I thought. how have we been friends for as long as we've been friends because the cat does the thing that the other cat does but only sometimes it's very funny dave i don't know if you got it, it you looks, might have missed it, it looks like it's a mirror but it's not. It's two it's not. identical looking cats. Yeah. So maybe you just didn't understand what it was. He's taking his headphones off. He's he's objecting. I took from my headphones finishing off in protest. The episode. You two could talk about whatever you want right now. My headphones are off, and I'm I'm now doing this episode in protest. I feel like we could kill this without him. You know. I mean, he still has to go in and edit it. So we could. Yeah. But, but Brian, before you go on, there's an IMDb this whole trivia fact idea is backfiring on me. I see your lips moving, and I want to know what you're saying. There's an IMDb trivia fact that was not included in IMDb, which oh, makes no sense. That's interesting. Go on. This this movie was filmed in 2006. Country road, take and in 2006, me the New York Islanders did not win the Stanley Cup again. Oh wow, that is interesting. Yeah. I, now, West interestingly, Virginia, if this movie was filmed in either 2005 mama, or 2007, take me they still home. would have won a Stanley Cup. Hey, how about road. that? So I also have an interesting IMDb trivia fact, and it's a real one, and I was going to save it, but since Dave's not on the mic, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dispose this information now while he's not here and he can't hear it. Uh, actual, actual IMDb trivia fact. Roger Ebert's review of this movie was written in first person as Garfield. I think you mean fur person. Can someone give me a thumbs up to come back, please? Okay, good. What'd I miss? Nothing I at felt, all. I felt left out. I feel like whatever I just said is something we'll get to eventually anyway. Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> by did the you way, hear me, Mark Strong? Kingsman 2? I, I heard. Sure did. So I didn't whole... blow up at the end, so. You did it. Also, you did it a lot less British than he did it. Well, everyone is much less British than he is. <laughs> Mark yes. Strong, famously he's, the most British person. He's pretty much a corgi. He is Britain. And you also missed a great pun I made, too. But you'll have to just go back and listen to the episode. It's upsetting that you know I edit these things. And you know I will hear it. And <laughs> that hurts these? the most. This is a podcast? I thought we were just hanging out. I would never, ever, ever, ever hang out with you or anybody else to talk about this fucking movie unless it was for a purpose. <laughs> you guys want to just hang out and talk about Garfield, the tale of two kitties? <laughs> that feels like a good use of my time. How do you think I feel? People are going to be like, hey, Dave, how was your weekend? What'd you do Friday night? Well, I took an edible and I watched Garfield 2. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the worst part about telling people that, they're like, wait a second. Does that mean you saw Garfield 1? And I have to be like, yes, I did see Garfield 1. I have now seen a collective three hours worth of Garfield. I'm basically an expert on the movies. So what'd you do? You just watched Garfield? No, no, I watched Garfield, but then took notes on Garfield. <laughs> Why'd you do that? So I can understand the plot points. What are the plot points? I don't remember. Why? Because I was watching Garfield 2. That's why. Because <laughs> it, was, it was Garfield 2 and there were none. There you go. Garfield and Prince agree to help the animals defeat Dargis, you know, so they don't get eaten by the future spa guests. So they start taunting Dargis, popping up all over the castle, driving him absolutely nuts. Eventually, the cats get spotted by the solicitors, which completely ruins Dargis's plan. They're like, oh, Prince is here. You don't get the castle, fuck knuckle. Outside the castle, John and Smithy meet and explain. And he explains the, the mix-up between Garfield and Prince. And Smithy's like, oh, I better contact the authorities because they're going to want to know about this cat murder. Attempted cat murder. It's a serious crime, guys. Is it, though? 
They don't seem all that worried that this man's been trying to kill a cat. They don't. Out of options, Dar just holds the solicitors hostage with a crossbow, forcing them to sign the papers, giving him ownership of the estate. But, lucky for everybody else except for him, Odie shows up and bites him on the butt. And John gets to grab the crossbow. And now it's like, all right, I don't know. I like that John shows up. He has no idea the context of anything that's going on, but he immediately grabs the crossbow and aims it at Lord Durgis. Like, this seems like the right thing to do in this moment. It flies up out of Lord Durgis's hands and flies into Brecken Meyer's little boy hand. <laughs> and then he just aims it at him, and he's like, this is the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It is the American thing to do. 100%. It's <laughs> not that. wrong. And that's when Liz walks in because, you know, we have to fridge someone. And Dargis is like, hey, uh, you know her. You like her. I'm going to hold her hostage with whatever is right next to me. I'm going to hold her hostage. I'm going to hit her in the head with whatever this is right here. In the, the saloon or whatever we're in with the candlestick. <laughs> Tim Curry's here, right? Somewhere. Somewhere. And there's a <laughs> butler who's one of the best characters in the sh- in the movie, so. Perfect. <laughs> it all checks out. At that moment, the ferret, who we haven't talked about in this movie, but there's a ferret. He comes in, he climbs up Darge's pant leg and does what ferrets do. I have an actual cave dying to be trivia fact. How? What did I write? Dave Novak enjoys watching people watching this film while he gently fondles a passion fruit in his hand. Come on. No, that's not in there, is it? <laughs> Go check IMDb. That they it approved it. <laughs> That is on IMDb Why am I there? as an actual fact. <laughs> and one out of one person found that interesting. Oh, I sure did. <laughs> oh, no. The more you know. I don't do, even do, know what a passion do, fruit is. Do. No. If I knew what a passion fruit was, I would gently fondle it, though. That is, that is accurate. While watching people watch this movie. Dave Novak, coming to a stop and shop near you. Stop and chop, more like it sounds like. What? 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 <laughs> Very regional, region specific joke. That's <laughs> uh, where's my New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania crowd? Woo! woo, woo oh, they woo. go all the way up to Massachusetts. Yeah, but this uh, nothing matters up there. Dave Novak coming to a Kroger near you. Hey, coming that one's a near me. Publix near you. Coming to an Albertsons near you. Coming to a Tom Thumb near you. <laughs> Dave Novak coming to a Piggly Wiggly near you. <laughs> These are all made up, right? None of these are real. Every single one of them is real. Absolutely none of them are real. (laughs) Dave Novak coming to an Acme near you. Coming to a Big Y near you. (laughs) These are not real places, right? Dave Novak coming to a Food Lion near you. Now now you're just getting silly. Coming to a Giant near you. No, that's not not something either. It is. It's like it's exact same logo as Stop and Shop, but they're Mm -hmm. like, call it giant because we fuck hard and they're like what does that even mean mr stop and mrs shop have you guys ever been to a Stu leonard's of course absolutely Stu leonard's is amazing i got one up the road it's the worst place in america i will fight you speaking of destroy super regional references uh i don't have a Stu leonard's down here in virginia but i do have a tom leonard's which is Stu's son who opened one store Fuck you, Dad. I'm going to Virginia. <laughs> I'm going to go to Virginia and open my own store. I'm going to call it Tom Leonard's, and I'm going to use your exact layout and logo, but with my name. Fuck you, Dad. So That's... he also has the animatronic animals? 100%. You know, my favorite thing about shopping, when I, when I go food shopping, I'm like, I really hope a mouse starts singing to me, and then everybody that's in front of me just stops to watch that mouse sing. That's what I really hope for when I'm shopping for peanut butter. My favorite part of, of grocery shopping is hitting the button and letting the cow sing to me. 
that's just what I want. Well, I'm looking for those sweet deals, and you don't get them at Stu Leonard's because nothing's ever on sale. Nothing is cheap yeah. there. Uh, th- those of you who don't know, Stu Leonard's is like a grocery store meets uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Yep, that's meets Ikea because you have to go through it the certain way, like the maze. I was about to setup. say. But no, no, you don't have to go through it a certain way. There's... There's various cut-throughs that you can take also, but people will give you looks. Oh, yeah. Well, they do the cut-throughs at Ikea, too, and people will also give you looks there. It's hell. There's no other way to describe it. The only reason to go to Stu Leonard's is to burn it down from the inside. That's the only reason to walk in there. I don't know, man. Their prepared food is pretty delicious. It's very good. It's at the end of the store, though. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, you got to walk through the whole damn thing. Or you can walk through the registers backwards. People are like, who's this fucking guy? (laughs) The smart one. If you forget something, you have to go through the whole thing again. And then you have that mouse just singing, it's a small world after all. All I want is peanut butter. That's an aisle. Oh, shit. It's an aisle go fuck yourself. That's what it is. Because <laughs> nobody should go to a Stu Leonard's. There are no aisles. There's no aisles. It's one aisle. How do you go to Stu Leonard's for one thing and forget it, you dumbass? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was a little bit distracted by the moose by the that was singing to me. <laughs> animatronics. That's fair. Come enjoy my moose milk, Duda, Duda. A moose is an apex predator. Why is it singing to me from the top of a countertop? Did you push the button? That's the aforementioned apex. Anyway, don't go to Stu Leonard's. Or go. Just, just, or just go. experience Whatever. it once. Experience it once, and then just realize why something shouldn't mix together, like... Chuck E. Cheese and food. Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese, Ikea, and grocery <laughs> Generally stores. Generally, food. <laughs> like pizza and razor blades. What do you mean? That's a, that's a New Haven. That's their famous. what they're famous for, right? With their pizzas? That's the New Haven style of beets. One bite. Everyone knows the rules. Ow. Because <laughs> of the razor blades. Happy Halloween. Is Connecticut pizza actually any good? It's Fuck the best you. pizza, and you know that. Is it written? No, no. It, New Jersey does everybody else's food better. I'm sorry. You want the best Philly cheesesteak in the world? Come to New Jersey. Okay, so he's got nuclear. I don't even yeah. know how to describe how incredibly wrong you are. It's pronounced nuclear. Yep, okay. That actually, he's yeah. doubling down on the wrong. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Neat. You want the best, I don't know. What's another regional food? We, you know what Cincinnati does? They do like this disgusting skyline, skyline chili. chili on top of spaghetti. Yeah. You can probably get that in New Jersey better than anywhere else in Cincinnati. Pittsburgh, you know what Pittsburgh's famous for? It's just Pittsburgh's just famous for like pizza with like cigarette butts on top of it. You can get that better <laughs> in New Jersey as well. Better cigarette butts and better pizza. Yes, absolutely. Papa John's. Papa John's. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this went off the rails. We've been doing the show too fucking long. <laughs> I can talk about pizza more than I can talk about Garfield, too. <laughs> you know what? Turn, go to Chicago and get the lasagna-style pizza, and there you go. So it's a good thing Smithy called the authorities, because they just they pop on over, and they're like, oh, this guy tried to kill a cat, but it didn't succeed? Let's arrest him. They take Dargis away, and then Garfield, who'd been trying to stop John for proposing to Liz for this entire movie, he has a change of heart. And John's like, hey, since we're in this castle and we both almost died, I'm going to propose right now. And he's like, ah, I lost the ring again. Garfield's like, here you go. Here's the fucking ring. And This is the pussy you're looking for. <laughs> and then, it makes uh, it seem like a weird Jedi mind trick, but the penguin doing it instead of a proper Jedi. It does make it seem like he's just Danny DeVito like, this is the pussy you're looking for. Fin hands. 
You let me know if it doesn't work out. I'll come in for the scrap. <laughs> so John proposes to Liz. She says yes. And then cue a giant barnyard animal CG dance and pool party because kids movie. And what I have for you right now is a cinema cat's final musing to Garfield. Musing. To Garfield. Musing. Musing. Sorry. <laughs> musing. Mew. <laughs> yeah, that's literally the joke on the website. I'm proud of you. I did not know that until right now. <laughs> Dave, musing. It's not even that. It's like he, he doubled, tripled, quadrupled down, and Brian wanted to kill him. Hey, guys, you ready for that final musing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Two Garfields are only a tiny bit more entertaining than one. <laughs> they nailed it. They completely nailed wow. it. They absolutely did. Yep. Uh, wrap it up. That was it. So that's a movie, right? I guess that right there is Garfield Tale of Two Kitties from 2006. Driven by a fucking guy who had to deal with all this shit. Tim Hill. Running up Tim Hill. <laughs> Dave, give me your thoughts on this movie. Hit me. So, again, I, I felt just confused and angry after watching this movie and lost. Uh, but on the positive side, A, I think it's a great allegory for the British monarchy. And secondly... <laughs> got subtext. Like, I can at least remember what this movie is about. Like, I know that there is a plot in this movie. Yes. With Garfield 1, I can – Garfield 1 is like a blank spot in my memory. I Does, just – I know that he go like to a, like a rodeo or something at some point? I don't even remember. I have no I idea. I don't remember. I there's don't a remember. TV studio because they want to oh, give someone like a, a deal. Yeah, there's like a TV some guy sort. or something. All I yeah. remember is that there's, there's a box truck full of lasagna. There is, and it's so funny. It's sure. so – again <laughs> – I don't remember the funny. This movie in its existence is perplexing, but at least I can remember what happened in it. So thumbs up, I guess. I'd still love to know how they pulled Bill Murray back in for a sequel. Money and cocaine. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Bill Murray, Tim Curry, Bob Hoskins. Uh, the Bunny is played by uh, Riss Ifan. Ifan. Riss Ifans? Yeah, you know the then guy. you got Sharon Osbourne, you got Lucy Davis. You got Tamsin Greer somewhere in there? Yeah. In the mess? Just, just so many names. Odie, played by Odie. Odie? Yeah, yes. we, don't, we don't know the name of the dog actor. This should have been a good movie. If you like, look at the cast. No, no, no. Just because you look at the cast doesn't mean anything. When Brecken Meyer is top build, you're not going into a good movie. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> because Brecken Meyer is billed above Bill Murray. The other perplexing thing about this movie is that it just looked like shit. And I'm sure we'll get there, but it looked so bad. The like, only thing you're CGing are these two cats. How come? And they're the same cat. Why can't you do it correctly? Why couldn't they film in like a castle that they can actually get to? Like, there's other castles somewhere, I'm sure. Well, you know, just... COVID, 2006. Wait. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the economy and all that. Yep. Let me ask you boys this, though, because we've all three of us clearly love this movie. Oh, yeah, clearly. big time. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 1 to 100. Dave, go first. 25. You fool. I'm going to say 10. You should have said 12. You would have oh, nailed it. Oh, wow. Audience score is 43%. Roger Ebert did see this movie. Wait, what? 43%? Yeah, Roger Ebert did see this movie. And as Brian probably said earlier while I was doing it under protest, I feel like this is what you thought was going to come back. He did review it. As Garfield. <laughs> and he labeled his review Doppelpussy and gave it three out of four stars. Wait, Wait what? <laughs> Wait, no, he didn't. You must be joking. 
He said, I confess I watched Ebert and Roper on TV when they reviewed my first movie, Garfield, two years ago. I was eager to get my first review. Having spent years within the cramped panels of a newspaper comic strip, I gloried in the freedom of the cinema. It allowed me to show off my body language, my langurious stretches, my graceful pirouettes, my daring leaps and bounds, my shameless affection for my owner, John. But I digress. Ebert, the smart and handsome one, Gave thumbs up to my first movie, but Roper, the other one, gave thumbs down <laughs> with particularly unkind. <laughs> the other one. It's a great description for Roper. He went on forever attacking Ebert for liking Garfield. This from a man with enough taste to praise Duma. I guess it was bad. I don't know. How very disappointing. One of Roper's complaints was that I was animated and all the other characters in the movie were real. Do you have any idea how a statement like that hurts an actor who has worked all his life as a media cat? Yes, (laughs) Richard Roper. I was animated. Read my lips. I am a character in a comic strip. What Roper should have done for perfect consistency (laughs) is complain that Dennis was not animated in Dennis the Menace. (laughs) I got to say, this cat makes some salient points. This um, This is blowing my mind a little bit. He ends by saying, in any event, my career as a movie star now seems to be the real thing. And I am speaking with my age about a third Garfield movie in which I would like my character to be based on Casanova or Neil Armstrong with a score by Josie and the Pussycats. Whether I get thumbs up from Richard Roper is a matter of profound indifference to me. Profound yawn. Really, seriously, pro. And I have to imagine he fell asleep while writing it because he had three dots there. Wow. He had a nice ellipsis there. He's basically just shitting all over Richard Roper and challenging him to watch this movie. <laughs> I really actually love that he took the task of reviewing this movie and just turned it into a roast of Roper. The people on Letterboxd, I bet you can imagine how they felt about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they adore it. They did, because from April 2nd, 2019, a five-star review, it truly is Bill Murray's finest work. <laughs> oh, no. From April 30th, 2020. Twice the lasagna, twice the suffering. <laughs> that Yes, yeah, I feel that one. From November 1st, 2021, I'd pay big money for a Renaissance-style painting of Garfield, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Those were some pretty sweet paintings. <laughs> they were. They looked pretty great. It was just like a regular old painting with CGI cat painted in. Yeah, they did a good job of matching styles, too, you know? It would look good here in the fortress. I'd do it. Absolutely. And the last one I have is the most relatable thing I've ever read in my life from May 30th, 2019. What the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Can I get that framed? And on that note, let's please give this thing a super stuff score. Let's do it. But first. And now another edition of the K podcast is theater. I want to preface this caped theater by just saying, has nothing to do, well, it has very little to do with Garfield the Tale of Two Kitties. What would, though? What would, is my question. I'm sure Keaton Patty could have, I don't know, watched a bunch of Garfield movies or something. I don't know. But (laughs) this has been on my my Cape Theater bucket list for a very long time. And I feel like by doing this movie, we may have have offended the Ginger Skull to a point where he may not return. So I want to do it now. I think that's a fair move. God. Wow, you're trying to make okay. friends. Weird. <laughs> not not so much friends. Is I need to get this on tape 
before we can't any longer. I'm so scared because Brian doesn't tell us what these are before he sends no, them. No, yeah. and what I need from both of you right now is, is verbal confirmation that you're going to commit. Yes, of course. Of course. Oh, Jesus, Brian. Yeah. King and Patty <laughs> forced a bot to watch a thousand hours of musicals and then asked it to write a musical of its own. This is the first page. Uh, Dave Novak, as our esteemed guest, uh, you're going to be playing the part of Alexander Hamilton. Dave Michaels, the normal co-host of the, the K Podcasters, will be performing as Annie and Mary Pippins, and I'll be doing the action <laughs> script slash narration and the part of the Beast. I am so excited for this. Brian, I hate you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Exterior, miserable Chicago. Alexander Hamilton, a talking cat, see, kind of connects, dances on stage. He is an American Jersey boy, drenched in grease and lightning. <laughs> God, says Hamilton in music voice. My name is Alexander Hamilton. I am the Phantom of the Opera, and I never pay rent. Every word rhymes, and the music is instruments. <laughs> Annie, the girl with zero moms and zero dads, tap dances to hurt the stage. Tomorrow the sun will appear, but it will not give me the parents. Oh my god. I shall kill the sun. I get my god. <laughs> Annie dissolves in a puff of music. Alexander Hamilton spins around for 525,600 minutes. The beast, a talking cat, <laughs> ah, drops out of beauty school onto the stage. Beast is landlord. To be guest, you must pay rent, mamma mia. Annie, the girl with zero mamas and zero mias, enters with her gun. She shoots the beast with a bullet of choreography. This one says Annie original cast. <laughs> I dreamed a dream, and now I have gone to gone. Give me parents. The beast dies, and his curse breaks. He was cursed to be in a musical. Death ends his curse. This is the circle of life. <laughs> Now, Dave, this one has the stage directions to sing from your eyes. Sing from the eyes. I don't know where else to sing from. I am founding father. I will find your father. You must buy own mother. I am ten dollar man. <laughs> Hamilton searches for a father. Mary Pippins, a talking umbrella, flies in on her broom. She is blonde, legally. It is intermission! It is not intermission. Mary's lie will have consequences. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like this is a bad time to tell Dave that, that Hamilton's just, it's more rap. It's than rap, anything. really. Yeah. I've never seen Hamilton. <laughs> I, yeah, you could have burned through it. it a hell of a lot faster. You could have kind uh, of gone spoken word and been okay. Yeah, but you know I, what? I loved it. And that was everything it was I wanted the commitment, it to be. man. All the commitment. I was on for Forrest Gump. I was on <laughs> for, for Back Airplane. To the Future. I was on for Back to the Future. You were also on for Spawn and Catwoman. You should have seen this coming. I, yeah, I it's am garbage. True. I get it. I am garbage. <laughs> you take the good, you take the bad, you take them you both. You take them both, and there you have. Our Super Stuff score. That's right. Ooh. Story and motivation. One. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> No. I mean, there is a story. We know the story. There's more story than Garfield, but... Yes. Is there any motivation, I guess? I don't know, 0.25? Yes, nailed okay. it. 0.25, I love it. I feel like we're giving it a quarter of a point just to acknowledge that this is a coherent film. Yes. It, yes. If nothing you else. You can like follow they, the They plot. tried a little bit this time. 
Hero. Is it Garfield? It must is be. It? He's the titular character. He's the titular character, but Odie is the hero. Odie does all the work. Odie's definitely the... That's, a, that's not a good look on Garfield, I can tell you that. It's not. And, uh, Garfield should probably be a zero. A full-blown zero. It's feeling that way. He shows up, he makes all of the peasants make him lasagna, and then he goes, all right, well, I'm going to leave with John now. That's a zero. I mean, do we give him 0.25 for just introducing Italian food to the British? Finally. Finally, after all these years. <laughs> In 2006, the year of our Lord, 2006, Garfield. They can eat something Italian. other than liver and potatoes. I think that's something. And curry. No, zero. <laughs> zero for Garfield. Let's talk about villains. Tim Curry. And no, it's not. No. No. no it's it's <laughs> discount store. Brand. It's Dollar General John Cleese. That's right. And my God, he's not even a good John Cleese, which is the worst part about it. He just has a mustache. That's all it is. <laughs> he's British and has a mustache. And it, he's trying to kill a cat and he can't do it. He's very bad at killing cats. And again, I'm not convinced he's the bad guy in this. What's so. weird is he's really good at capturing cats, but terrible at killing them. <laughs> That's right. He gets halfway there. Uh, uh, point zero? Zero? Point zero. <laughs> I think you nailed it. I think it's point zero. Bam. Point zero. Uh, parents. Teamwork? I don't, I don't know what this one is. We have to go parents, parents. I think. We don't and know. And it's a zero. Let's just go zero and move on. Well, maybe we find out about his lineage because of all that. Nope. No, because. Nope. No, we don't. But that's maybe Prince it's the John, John and Liz are Garfield's real parents. But they're alive. But then it's they're still very zero. Alive. They got to be dead zero, to get that full it, point. Two good point. Zero it is. So why don't we talk about female characters? <laughs> Have you ever got, done a negative two for female Liz characters? Liz and Abby both exist in this movie. They never talk to each other. <laughs> Let's go zero and move on. I like it. Zero and moving on. Setting. It's CGI England. It's CGI England. And it looks like CGI England, so props to you for that. Yeah, uh, green screen England. Just stand in front of that screen there and we'll make it England. I like it with every green screen. They couldn't like <laughs> turn around and walk away. They would just cut as soon as they turned around because they would just walk <laughs> right to a fucking wall. Let's go with a .25 because John looked uncomfortable, possibly driving on the wrong side of the road at one point. Yes, he did. You know what? That's good enough for me. .25. <laughs> Style and tone. Fucking Christ. I don't even know where to go with this one. <laughs> so I guess it depends on how you guys define style and tone. If you mean style and tone about something unique and thrilling about this movie, it's a zero. But if you want to do animated dance scenes to style and tone, then it's a two. Like, there's four animated dance scenes, so. They really do double down on the animated dance scenes. Quadruple down, some would say. Some would say. But also... The talking animals look really good as long as they're not doing anything besides talking. That's true. So let's go 0.25. Point oh, okay, fine. 0.25. To acknowledge the talking animals. That the animals talked. They talked. Music. Christoph fucking Beck, Christoph, normally. Christoph Beck uh, is, is here uh, just letting it go. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck about this movie in either <laughs> way. Uh, I feel like I did hear you hum part of it earlier, though. I hummed bullshit. It sounded just that like I the score. Came over the top of my every one of these movies sounds the same. Where you just like uh, you think of a meadow and then you just start humming notes. You know, do like, British it. music now. <laughs> Sorry, Brian, <laughs> Brian, is that what you think British music sounds like? Ali, 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 oi, oi, oi. British music. British music. <laughs> there we go. 
That's not British. No. <laughs> no, but it's how I picture British music. Fair enough. If Sorry you're doing your British bubble. sweeping landscape onto a giant castle, that's the song that's playing. Yes, it is. Uh, zero? Zero for zero. music. Yeah, especially because you just cut off a black-eyed piece. You didn't even let it fade out. You were just like, nope, next scene. Next scene, hard cut. One-liners. No. I feel like it no. tried. No. It tried. No, you know what? no, no, no. There were a couple. So 0. 0. 0.5? 0. 0.5. <laughs> Lasagna is a way of life, a state of being. Uh, when Garfield farts and the dog goes, well struck, sir, I laughed out loud. <laughs> we're or, sitting uh, ducks. Oh, oh, or when something falls okay. and it breaks and the dog is like, don't worry about it. That one was cracked as well. I, I, I kind of laughed at some of these lines. We're sitting ducks is very good. 0.25 for We're Sitting Ducks. 0.25. That's deserved. And the final category is impact on the genre. This movie made money and it pisses me off. This money, this movie made money internationally only. Yes, because it was a $60 million budget. Opening weekend, it only did $7.2 million, <laughs> So not even fucking close. Domestic gross, the United States, $28 million. But worldwide was 143 million. So it made a what? lot of money internationally. Everybody in England saw this movie twice. <laughs> this is like England's favorite movie. <laughs> oh, we finally got a Garfield of our own. Finally, the Americans made a movie about Britain that actually gets Britain. <laughs> Most of our meals are just loaves of meat from the from the barnyard. In the British defense, though, if you're gonna have meat, uh, having it in a loaf state is pretty good. It's my favorite kind of loaf. It's a meatloaf. Oh, yeah. Zero? That zero sound good? I feel like yeah, it's, it's a zero. Zero. When you're considering the comic book movie genre. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to give Garfield a tale of two kitties a total score of one. Yeah, that's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> it feels appropriate. It's one of our lowest in a long time, but yeah. that works. Yeah, well, that's why I'm here. Appropriately low. That's a good low. point. Do we know what Garfield one got in comparison? Garfield one got a negative point five. Okay, oh, so that you know what? That, all right, that adds up. So, that's, yeah. that's just like the final yeah. musing said. Progress. We're doing well. <laughs> Two Garfields now. are only a tiny bit more entertaining than one. They were right. <laughs> and on that note, Brian, what are we talking about next week? Next week we're going to be talking about Venom. Let there be carnage. I really can't wait, man. Get some Woody Harrelson up in here. Yes, we are. You saw it in theaters, right? Yes, I sure did. I did too. I can't wait. This is going to be a fun one. Until then, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, Mr. Novak. No. Okay. No, you don't get to. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's fair, actually. <laughs> I don't get to thank that's me. That's the appropriate reaction to being thanked. You don't get to thank for me. For Garfield, the Tale of Two Kitties. Oh, man. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for Being John Malkovich. Follow us on social media at Kate Podcasters, especially on Facebook, where we always put up a post on recording days asking for your questions and comments. Except for today, because I forgot. <laughs> hey, hey, it happens. <laughs> also, Garfield, the Tale of Two Kitties. Yes. That's so... right. It, it affected my brain in ways I wasn't expecting, and it just, uh, I laid on the floor in the fetal position for way too long today. <laughs> yes. And let's be honest. If you were going to write a question about Garfield 2, A Tale of Two Kitties, Put down your phone and just step outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are better ways to spend your time. Literally anything is better than spending your time questioning this movie. If you're super upset that you didn't get a chance to ask your questions about Garfield and Tale of Two Kitties, email them 
to gmail.com and we'll, we'll answer them during Venom. Maybe. If we must. If, yes. if, if we must. Like, if your question is that important about Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties. Dave, you're a monster. I love you. Thank you for being here and suffering through this. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I had a time. Thank you for letting us put you through this torture over and over again. Over, and I never learned my lesson, and I can't wait for next time. I never will. He secretly loves it. I do. Brian, you got anything else? That's it for me. Fantastic. We'll see everyone next week for Venom. Let there be carnage. Same pod time. Same pod. Mondays are canceled.